0: Welcome to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. This is episode 96, and I am your host, Ed Moore. The Dr. Fate fan podcast at gmail.com is the email address. No, the just Dr. Fate fan podcast. Lords of Order has Facebook and Google Plus pages. T-O-T-E-A-L Productions is my Twitter handle. And bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate the website for the show. The book today, More Fun Comics, the 1936 volume, issue 91, dated May-June, 1943. The old adage, you can't keep a good man down, is given a reverse twist by the evil genius of Mr. Who, when that diabolical diehard of crime demonstrates that you can't keep a bad man jailed. And when his wanton wallower in wickedness uses his powerful solution, Z, not only to attain liberty for himself, but to render powerless his most relentless foe, Dr. Fate, the man of magic, faces the Herculean task of mastering the man who belittled fate. This is scripted by Joe Semeshin, penciled and inked by Howard Sherman, and can be found reprinted in the Golden Age Dr. Fate Archives, put out by DC Comics in 2007, or thereabouts. So we open with Mr. Who. Now please bear with me, because it will be so difficult for me to not say Dr. Who, for obvious reasons. Mr. Who is this character. He's in prison. The, um, one of the officers brings him a letter says, Dear Mr. Who, I'm sorry you're in jail, but cheer up. You will be out soon, your old friend George. And in the very opening, we see that the guard is kind of besmitten by the fact that Mr. Who is quietly feeding the pigeons, which will be important momentarily. Taking the letter that he just received and dropping it into some water, we find that the ink with which the letter was written is actually solution z putting the letter in the water dissolves solution z into the water allowing mr hoot to drink some of his solution z and thus shrink having shrunk he rides uh, snatches a ride on the pigeon who is a homing pigeon that he has been training to go to his hideout and back all this time and escapes Shows up at the hideout, greets his boys. They start undertaking their nefariti yet again. Meanwhile, at Weatherby Hospital, intern Doctor Kent Nelson relaxes after duty, and he hears a radio bulletin. Flash, the infamous not not the hero, right? This is just to get your attention. Flash. Oh, okay. I don't I don't want there to be any confusion. Flash, the radio says. The infamous Mr. Who has just escaped from jail. Because of his famous solution, Z, his recapture will be difficult, if not impossible. Wow. Radio broadcasters back then were really, well, actually, that kind of sounds like a a headline you'd see in just about any social media media post nowadays, doesn't it? But Kent Nelson decides that he will slip into his fake togs and hit the town as fate. Um, His ring will be able to locate Mr. No, no matter what size he attains, no matter what he does. Um, I'm not sure about the magics behind the ring. I think he's used the ring once or twice for others. Um, So, But that's what he's doing now. That makes it kind of a, uh, not a Mary Sue, but a, there's another word that's not, uh, coming to mind for those things in stories that are the exact right thing at the exact right time. I forget the word. Sorry, I brought it up. Moving on. Uh, He does locate Mr. No trying to go somewhere, maybe trying to escape a caper, who knows, in a truck with several of his henchmen. A fight ensues, and during the fight, one of the henchmen gets the drop on Dr. Fate and hits him in the back of the head, rendering him semi-conscious, allowing them to pour some Solution Z down Dr. Fate's throat, who, as he is semi-conscious, consumes it uh, automatically, as, as one normally does when presented with such things. He shrinks, Dr. Fate does, to where he is roughly the height of the width of a hand from... Palm to fingertip. That's about how tall he is. So what is that? That's about five or six inches tall. Mr. No puts Dr. Fate in a birdcage in a room in his house where there also is a cat to help stand guard over um, Dr. Fate. Um... Getting the, the interest of the cat, uh, getting his attention, he pretends to be some sort of bird like that, or just something that gets the cat's its attention it's never seen before. Uh, the cat uh, attacks, but that's not really the the correct word the cat isn't really attacking it's just trying to get to what it finds interesting knocks the bird's cage down bends it some dr fate slips out gets into a punching match with the cat and punches it right on the nose which uh, pet owners know for dogs and cats uh, is a very sensitive area Uh, so much so that either one if you strike with enough force you can literally kill them by the the amount of pain that comes from the sensitiveness of the nose. So, very sensitive part of the body for those animals. Fate runs away, gets into his tower somehow, I guess, still even at this size, he can just phase through. Uh, Probably took him quite a while to get there, though. He is uh, a tenth, let's say, 60 inches, six inches. He's a tenth, eleventh, a twelfth. Um, So he's, what, 8% of his normal height height. Looking through his scrying crystal ball, uh, he finds that the henchmen for Mr. No are attempting to break into a mansion on that cliff, he says. That's all we find out about it. So he sneaks in, and the henchmen have clipped the alarm system so that they can wander around the house at will. Dr. Fate repairs the the alarm system so that the henchmen end up triggering it, notifying the residents of the house who run the men off. Uh, They run out through the yard and over to a cliff that, that the house is on. Mr. No is standing, holding out his hand, and his henchmen run onto his hand to escape Everyone gathers up and goes to that truck that is parked off to the side somewhere, and they all get in working men uniforms, so that if anyone sees them, that's what they will see, a work truck, a bunch of workmen. Fate uh, decides that he will kind of head them off. He gets to a telegraph line, and with his knife, what knife, you might ask? My answer would be, I have no idea, but he has one. So, a MacGuffin. That was the word I was looking for earlier. Uh, that thing that is inserted into a story to move the narrative on, I think, is the best definition of a MacGuffin. Um, so he has this knife and he's tapping through the covering, you know, and every tap is a uh, tap on the telegraph lead. So he gets a message to the police. They come out, meet the truck. And, of course, they see a work truck with a group of workmen. Mr. No, having shrunk down to a much smaller size, evades notice. Except for fate, because with his ring, he can find Mr. No anywhere. So he catches up with him. They fight. A couple interesting things here. Uh, Mr. No grabs a sword-like blade of grass and attacks Dr. Fate with it. Dr. Fate punches him and knocks him into a flower and says, Bumps-a-daisy. So, a little humor there. In the midst of their fight, one of the henchmen, the police having gone their happy way, I assume, uh, comes looking for Mr. No, finds him, attacks Dr. Fate in his six-inch size, and is not able to catch him, but decides to shoot him. Being impervious, I guess would be the word, to bullets, Even in this size, um, he is not hurt, but the momentum of the bullet drives Dr. Fate away, which I don't understand. Dr. Fate can still fly, so I... Okay, anyways, the henchmen are kind of down in the mouth. You know, man, we we tried tonight and didn't didn't get anything. I guess we'll just go home empty-handed, but Mr. No says no. Right up the road here is a country club. We'll rob the members that are in residence this evening. So they go up there. Break in. On their way out, uh, Dr. Fate, in his six inch guise, starts doing various things to the various henchmen, causing them to believe that it's other members of their troop that are doing it punching them in the back, stepping on their toes, kicking them, things like that. So they all start fighting amongst themselves. Well, as they're doing this, Dr. No decides, you know, they're, they're going to keep doing this and we're all going to get caught, but I'm not. I'm going to get away. So he beats feet again, as it were, only to run into Dr. Fate, who now is increasing in size as the solution Z wears off. He's starting to grow. Punches Mr. No, knocks him out, and is waiting um, with the tied-up henchman and an unconscious Mr. No when the police arrive. The narrator tells us, but making sure of Mr. No is a little too much for ordinary human beings. Can the police keep this daring super criminal behind bars? Perhaps. But one thing we're sure of is another thrilling adventure of Dr. Fate in the next issue of More Fun Comics. I like the little narrator things. They remind me so much of the way they would set up um, crime radio, superhero radio, and things like that. Which actually is something in what little bit of free time I have left, actually. Uh, I've been getting into more than I have in the past, is looking up old-time radio shows, Adventure in particular, and listening to them in MP3 format on an MP3 player like I would podcast. Um, Very, uh, again, another very interesting doorway into how things were. Um, A lot of things you can assume and extrapolate from the way things are done and the way things are said in those shows. Uh, Just a much different time, Um, perhaps a favorable time in a lot of aspects to the one that we're having to live through right now. I'll let you decide that. Next time out, All-Star Comics, the 1940 volume, issue 17, cover dated June-July 1943. So it would be cool if you could go to the stands and find the newest copy of More Fun Comics out the same time as the new copy of All-Star Comics because More Fun Comics has several characters in it that All-Star Comics does too. That would be cool to to double up your favorite hero if you could find it in in the same month. Alrighty, guys. um, Issue 17 next time out of All-Star Comics. I'll talk to you guys then. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license.